minister Dennis Payne once again. Uh, we're back again in the name of Jesus. You know, last week we talked about uh, the importance of, of being uh, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We talked about that. We went up over it for three weeks. But this week we want to do something new. And this, I really believe that God led me to do this. Um, and I really feel like that in the name of Jesus, I feel like I feel it's really feel like God is leading me to take us back to the basics of the gospel. So what I want to do, I want to go back to First John in the first chapter. We're going to go back to the basics. I'm going to begin right there. Now, in First John, we got to know the author. We know that the author is the Apostle John. He's one of the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wrote this letter to the believers. His reason for writing the letter is because heresy had crept in the church. And I believe that because of heresy, you know, creeping in the church, sometimes we have to go back to the basics. Back, go back to what we was taught in the beginning. Now, he write the letter to the believers because of this heresy that was in the church. But what he wanted to do, he wanted to reiterate what the Lord had done. And he wanted to remind them of it. So, when we get back, we're going to go to the book of John, the first uh, uh, John, and chapter 1. And he stated in the first chapter, he said that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. So we know that what did they hear? Well, they heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what was that gospel? Well, Jesus Christ, he died, he was buried, and God the Father raised him from the dead. They heard that. He said that which we had heard from the beginning, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested. And we have seen it, and we bear witness, and we show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested or made known unto us, and that which we have seen and heard, we make it known unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. Now we all know this. We all know that Jesus Christ, he was made known. He came to this earth and he gave his life. He gave his life that we may have eternal life. So we know this, that eternal life is in Jesus. Somebody might be saying, well, why do I need eternal life? Well, we found out that we was all born in sin. We were all born in sin. We was all born. Somebody might be even saying, well, why were we born in sin? Well, we need to understand that in the beginning, when God created Adam, he created Adam and he told Adam of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of the tree. Adam Adam ate of a tree that God commanded him not to eat of. And because of that, because of his rebellion, we all became sinners. Romans 5 and 12 said, through 
one man, sin entered. And because of sin entering, we all have to die. Death came as a result of man's rebellion toward God. That's the news. And because of that, God so loves the world that he gives his only begotten son. And through his son, Jesus, we can have eternal life. So he writes that in verse number four, and these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. Now we need to understand joy is in Jesus and Jesus alone. Joy is not in things, but it's only in Jesus and Jesus alone. And then he said in verse number five, he said, this then is the message we have heard of him and we make it known unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And we need to be reminded of that. We need, we need to be reminded that in Christ Jesus, there is no darkness because God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Now, verse number six, he tells them, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not the truth. Now, the reason why he said that is because some of them that claim that they had known the son Jesus, they had claimed that they had that they known Jesus. They claimed it. And sometimes you have people that claim that they know Jesus, but they walk in darkness. So it's important that we, the believer, we have to walk in light, even as he is in the light. So if he said, if we say that we have fellowship with him, we walk in darkness and we lie not. If we say we have fellowship with him, we walk in darkness and we lie not and do not the truth. But if we walk in light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from sin. Now, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Now, the scripture teaches in the book of Proverbs. Now, you got some people, they, they don't want to confess to sin. They feel like they have never sinned. But the Bible said if we cover our sins, we will not prosper. So it's important, it's important on a moment-to-moment -moment basis as the Spirit of God convict you is to convict Confess your sin. Romans 1, 1, and 9 stated, and we're going to be getting there too. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay? Now, he said, if we walk in light, as he is in the light, the light, we, the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse number 9. I said it once, I said it again. Verse number nine, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What that means is he's obligated to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we confess the sin. Remember, if you pretend like you haven't sinned, if you, you will not prosper, you will not prosper. But the Bible said if we confess and forsake them, that he will have mercy. Now, 
and get to verse number 10, and he said, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. We make a man of a liar. That's what we say. We make him, now notice the scripture said, we make him out of a liar. Then, we get to uh, verse number, I mean, chapter number two. He writes, he said, my little children, these things I'm writing unto you, that you sin not. Now, he conveyed to the believers that they don't sin. It's important not to sin. It's important to, it's important to keep a, a clean slate with your Savior. It's important to keep a clean slate with your Savior. Because we know that if you cover your sin, if you're in sin, hallelujah, you're not going to prosper. Now, he said, uh, my little children, these things I'm writing unto you that you sin not. And if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now, advocate, what do we mean by advocate? Okay, the advocate, he's the mediator. Jesus Christ is the middle man between God and man. Now, you got to get this. The only way that you are going to get to God the Father you have to go through his son, Jesus. John 14 and 6 stated, there's no possible way that we can get to the Father except come through the Son. Now, if a lot of people, they're trying to reach God in various ways, you will never, you'll never get to God, the Father, except you go through the Son, Jesus. We got to remember that. There's a lot of people that's calling on God, but you'll never be able to reach God except you reach his son, Jesus. You have to go through Jesus. Now, a lot of people say God this, God that. They mention God all the time, but you'll never be able to reach the God that you name except you go through his son, Jesus. He's the middle man. He's the middle man between God and man. Now, the scripture teaches he is the perpetuation of our sin. Now, that word perpetuation, it means that Jesus Christ, he is the atonement for sin. He's the one who paid the price for sin. He's the one who gave his life for our sins. We could not do it. Why? Because we all became sinners. We were all sinners. So there was nothing that we can offer to God. There was nothing that we can offer to God. In fact, the scripture teaches all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. That's what the scripture teaches. Now, so the scripture states that he is the perpetuation He's the atonement for our sin, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. What, is I, what am I saying? I'm saying God so loved the world. He loved the world. He loved those that live in the world system. He loved them so much that he gave his only begotten son. What is his son's name? Jesus He's the only one we can come to 
to receive salvation. We can't get it anywhere else. In fact, the Bible states in Acts the fourth chapter, verses number 12, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We have to come through Jesus. Can I come through another name? No, you have to come through Jesus. You have to come through Jesus. So he states that Jesus is the perpetuation for our sin and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Hereby, we do know, we know him if we keep his commandment. Now, there's no possible way that you can say that you know him without keeping his commandment. Well, how do, you, how do I know that? Because the scriptures, the only way that we're going to know whether this teaching is true, we're going to have to be doers of the word of God. That's the only way. You got to be keepers of the word of God. That's keeping the commandments, keeping his word. You have to keep his word. In fact, this is how we know that we love him. Jesus stated himself, if you love me, you'll keep my commandment. Now, he states in verse number four, he that say, I know him and keep him not as the commandment is a liar. He's a liar. And the truth is not in him. Why? Because he's not keeping the commandments of the Lord. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected, perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Now, what that means, this is how that we know that we are in him when we keep his commandment. Also, when we keep his commandment, we've been perfected in Christ Jesus. Only when we keep his commandment. Then he said in verse number six, he that said he abides in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. So if you say that you're living in Christ Jesus, you ought to walk as he walked. If you say it, remember the verse in verse number six, he said, he that say he abide. That word abide means live. He that say he lives in him, who is him? Him is Jesus. He that say he, he lives in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Brethren, verse number seven, I write no new commandment. So what he was telling the believers, what I'm writing is not new, but an old commandment, which you heard it from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment. I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because darkness is past and truth is true light is now come. Well, how is true light come? Well, true light is come in Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. When you live
live in this word, you become the light of the world. When you allow Jesus to come into your heart, because Jesus is the light of the world, you have now become the light of the world. So you are the light of the world. Verse number nine, he states, he did say he is in the light and hate of his brother is in darkness even unto now. Now, if you say that you know Jesus and you hate your brother, you got a problem. You're walking in darkness. You're walking in darkness. And then he stated in verse 10, he that loveth his brother abideth in light. Abideth means he lives in light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. Why? Because he's living in the light of Christ Jesus. If you're living in darkness, you can't see. Blind men don't see. And what he's conveying is eventually you will stumble. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goes because the darkness have blinded his eyes. You're either walking in the light or walking in darkness. If you're walking in the light, you're walking in the word. If you're walking in darkness, you're walking outside of the word. The word. Therefore, you do not know where you are because the darkness have blinded your eyes to where you are. He said, I write unto you, little children, because your sin are forgiven you in his name's sake. That is the only way. The only way you're going to get your sins remitted, the only way that you're going to get your sins forgiven, you're going to have to go through Jesus. You might be saying, can I come through another way? Absolutely not. You can't go no other way. You have to come through Jesus. Can I come through Jehovah? No. You have to come through Jesus. You cannot get to Jehovah except you come through his son, Jesus. He stated in verse number 13. He said, I'm writing to you fathers. These are the elders. Because you have known him, and that is from the beginning, and I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. And then he said, I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. Who is from the beginning? Who's from the beginning? Jesus. He's the beginning. He's the ending. How do you know that? Because John, the first chapter, stated, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse number 12 said, The Word dwelt among them. How 
live among the people. The word lived among the people in the person of Jesus Christ. So he stated, I've written unto you, Father, because you have known him. That's from the beginning. I've written unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides. The word of God lives in you and you have overcome the wicked one. You've overcome the wicked one, not because of your strength, not because you are doing anything. You've overcome the wicked one because Christ Jesus, he lives in you. Again, this is important. Verse number 15. He writes to let the believers know not to love the world. He stated, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, you got to get what he's saying. What he's saying is do not be influenced by the world. Don't be influenced by the world system. That's what he's conveying. The world system. Do not be controlled by the world system. Don't be influenced by the world system. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father, it is not in him. What that means, if you love the world, God's love is not in in you, period. It's not in you if you love the world. We're in the world. The believers are in the world, but we're not of this world system, though we live in the world. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father but it's of the world system. And the world passed away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now, notice what the scripture teaches. Only those that do the will of God is going to live forever. Wait a minute. What about those that don't do <coughs> the will of God? What about the ones that don't do the will of God? Will they, will they live forever? Absolutely not. Why? Because the scripture stated that he that doeth, he that doeth the will of God lives forever. Forever. So if you are not doing the will of God, you are not going to live forever. Only those that do the will of God are those that's going to live forever. That's why it's important not to do your will 
but to do his will. Jesus told us to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You cannot do your will and his will at the same time. It's either you want to be doing his will or your will. That's why the scripture teaches, if any man come after me, let him deny himself. When you deny yourself, you are denying your will. You must completely deny your will. Why? Because he that does the will of God abides forever. He that does the will of God lives forever. So it's important that we do the will of God. If we do not do the will of God, we're not going to live forever. The scripture teaches, let God be true and every man a liar. If you're not doing it, you're not going to live forever. I'm going to finish this right now. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you can know him right now. The Bible teaches in the book of Romans 10 and 9. If we confess the Lord Jesus with our mouth and believe in our heart that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, we shall be saved. You can be saved today if you just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and you was buried. And God the Father, he raised you from the dead. Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart as my Lord and Savior in the name of Jesus. That's all you need. If you believe that and you pray that, you can be saved. But remember, you got to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. I'll see you next week. God love you. We love you. So long.